And we are back for another episode of Borderline. I'm not gonna lie to you, this whole technology thing, I'm, I'm starting to get like a little PTSD because yeah. I've had issues on my end for the last two weeks now where the video has been kind of fuzzy. And so we'll see how this goes. You're back, like every, man. every time, Every time I run that, that slate and then the open and all yeah. of a sudden I see your face, I'm like, oh, thank God. It's, yeah, it's working. working. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. Could, could, be like the, could be like the time, what, was it two, three weeks ago? When all of a sudden I could, my computer just wasn't happening. Yeah. Just wasn't what, working. What, what did was you on my do? Phone. I forgot to ask you. What did you do? Did you because you you were talking? I kept it's starting like it with your hands, and all yeah. of a sudden you hit something. Oh, everything I've got went off. My microphone, kind of like yours, is hanging there. Mine's kind of to my my side here. Yeah. And when I hit it, it just fell onto everything else, and just yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I, I talk way too much with my hands. I can't. I, like when yeah. I try when I try to control it, like when I make myself just kind of sit here i feel like i'm about to explode you look yeah like, you totally knocked yourself off the air yeah. i mean yeah, and you were trying it, to talk and you it came over and like it fell and it took out uh some of the usb cords yeah and hit oh, okay ah, yeah. i got you that makes sense and yeah because yeah. i mean literally you were gone i mean everything but the picture so yeah. i could see you struggling i could see you trying to plug stuff in and everything yeah we was... couldn't hear it. and of course it only just happened so to be in the middle of the interview right with the just... national champion guys from tennessee yeah just typical. We're idiots. We idiots. really are. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a but this technology. Is, it's a young man's still, game. It's funny because we've been doing this now, I mean, ever since COVID. So we've been doing, you know, everyone's been doing Zoom and all this kind of stuff for the yeah. last, you know, two years. You'd think that we're all pretty good at it right now. But it's uh, still, I mean, we're still, I mean, I, I am totally, you know, at the mercy of my internet router here in the room, you know. So, I mean, you're you're in Charlotte. It's still pretty cool, though. I mean, you're in, are you in Charlotte or are you in Atlanta? I'm in Atlanta. Okay. So you're in and Atlanta. I, I'm in Charlotte. Yeah. Our yeah. guest uh, today is from Kansas City. Great guy. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. But it is pretty amazing that we can do this. But yeah, we're at the mercy of this technology still. Yeah. So speaking of technology, yeah, we've got a new email up for everybody. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to let everybody know that um, we've got a, a, a new email address. It's, it's super easy. It's borderline show at Gmail. So borderline show at gmail.com. And we figured that that because Bernie and I were talking about it. So we figured we would just start an email address. So if if you guys want to reach out to us responsibly and give us any any yeah. feedback, suggestions, what you guys like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. I mean, this show is really for, you know, it, it's it's fun for Bernie and I to come on here and, and we love doing it. Um, but it's really for for the listeners. Right. I mean, we want to provide a little bit of entertainment for an hour and and really, you know, we wanted to be able to, to bring some behind the scenes action. Um, I, you know, I we we joked a couple weeks ago, but I started a TikTok account. I'm, I'm going to use TikTok. I'm not, probably not going to actually post anything on TikTok, but I'm going to actually use the use it as kind of a resource to start doing some behind the scenes videos. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, I'll start in Vegas. But you know, I thought that'd be kind of cool, you know, to do some behind the scenes stuff because I mean, if you think about it, you, me, Trey, David Harris, who we talked to last week, um, obviously the players, but it's pretty cool to get that behind the scenes access at some of these events and actually be on the live broadcast court and do some yeah. video stuff. So it should I, be fun. I am so bad at it. I mean, you know, there know, for, a, for a while, Haley shed, who is our, you know, kind of our content guru, you know, she wanted us to kind of do some vlogging right when we were alive and, you know, Sean yeah. Latham does a really good job with it. That works with us from time to time. Yeah, I'm he does. awful at it, man. I'm so bad at it. Yeah. Like, I feel, I'm so I feel bad like, at it. Well, I feel I feel like I am too, but 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 I've kind of taken a new mental approach about it because quite frankly, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, doing social media is exhausting. You know, like like when we do the show, and I don't know, again, 
we complain about the stupidest things. I get it. But, you know, but doing social media for a show, you know, once you get done to put it on your social media, then to put it on borderline social media mm -hmm. and, you know, to share it with the ACL, um, you know, what to say, who to tag, what not to say, you, you right. know, how much do we do it? How much do we not do it? We don't want to wear people out. It's freaking exhausting. It, it really is. But, but it is. So, so I, I've, especially I've, for you, I mean, you're kind of our guy for it. So it's, I, I feel bad for you. I do. Cause it's like, man. What a nightmare! Because like what, you know, you want to be you want to be funny and say something kind of glib and like that's you know, kind of. But then if you there's lines, right? There's lines everywhere that you can't cross. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, and and then you just follow it to see how many people like it. And I'm like, God, I'm a grown ass man. Like, what am I doing? I'm like a teenager <laughs> exactly. trying to see how many likes we got this week. You know, so so it's just it's just stupid. But so I've taken a new mental approach to it, and because because. Um, I've just watched some other people and how they do their social media. And this is what I want to do. I mean, we just need to have fun with it instead yeah. of letting it, instead of letting it control us and let it be exhausting and let it be a burden. I say, we just kind of have fun with it and just kind of do some behind the scenes stuff. And like, like when we go to Vegas, that'll be great. I mean, to be on the main stage, especially for super hole and whatever celebrities we end up getting out there, that'll be fun just to kind of show some videos. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, Especially when we go out to dinner and start gambling. Get, get yeah, some right. Behind, yeah. Some behind, that, that's behind when we'll the put scenes. the phone away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no social media then. Yeah. yeah. But but again, um, also if you're interested in sponsoring the show, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have sponsors. Um, we can do any type of segments. Bernie and I have been kind of messing around with doing some some new kind of fun segments that we can sponsor. So if anyone's interested or getting any feedback at all, borderline show at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us. We've got all the social media going now on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter and insta insta gotta be on the insta yeah and again huge shout out to my daughter noel for uh <laughs> it's seriously man it's so great to have a teenager around the house it is awesome I bet. I she, bet, showed me, she showed me exactly what to do what not to do with the tiktok stuff and it'll be fun and how to put music behind it is pretty cool look at you man yeah. look at you that's awesome i can't yeah. do it I I'm can't do it. Well, you need to find one of these teenagers around the street. Yeah, right. I do. <laughs> but you know, when I start asking teenagers know, I, for help, yeah, that'd be kind yeah, of yeah. I, I end up in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Um, uh, our guest today, and and we get, we have to talk about Ozark just real quick, and then oh. uh, and then uh, Josh Klingler is going to join us today. Josh is an old friend of mine. I actually have not spoken to Josh in probably. <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, we've texted every now and then. Uh, he's shot me some funny texts, you know, about doing cornhole, and he'll watch us on our ESPN and CBS broadcast. Gosh, I probably haven't talked to him maybe in ten years. Wow. Um, I used to do the morning show in Kansas City, and at the same station that he was at. Um, so really, really good uh, old friend of mine. Although I'm probably older than he is, but uh, yeah. So he covers the Kansas City Chiefs. He's actually their sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Does the morning show in Kansas City. Uh, has covered the Kansas City Royals for the last two decades. I think he's also still involved a lot with the Jayhawk radio and TV network uh, with the Kansas Jayhawks. I know he does ESPN Plus stuff. He's super busy. but So we're going to talk to him and just have some fun talking about uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. and just. I mean, he was actually on the field for, the, for that 13 seconds when they made that drive to come back. So that'll be cool. And, and, then, um, and then also we, we figured we'd pick his brain because I know you've had players approach you. I've had players approach me. Uh, Trey and I did a uh, pro seminar um, on Zoom about or on StreamYard one night about it uh, for the pros to watch about how to get better with interviews. And man, I'm telling you what, uh, no better person to talk to than a guy like Josh Klingler, 
who has interviewed, I mean, some of the top athletes in the world, right? I mean, yeah. between the Royals and their run of the World Series and him covering that in 2015, covering the Chiefs and their Super Bowl run and still covering them. Um, he interviews people on his radio show every day. So, I mean, perfect guy to kind of be a sounding board for, you know, maybe to help our players a little bit on what they can do to, to uh, help their interviews. You know, and I know the players are exhausted from hearing about it. You know, I know they are because, you know, we hear that. It's like, oh, it can't be that important. It's like you have no idea how important it is. It is. I mean, mean, you really don't understand what it can do, not only for you and your brand, but for the sport at large, which also helps you. It's just it means a lot. And I don't think people I don't think our players are grasping how much that actually means yet. I think so. I think some do. Um, some do. They're trying. I think some are yeah, trying. Because after we did that show, uh, Eric Anderson reached out to me right away. Jay Rubin, um, uh, Stephen Bernasette, when we were actually in Charlotte doing the draft, um, he and I talked about it. And he's like, man, he's, he's like, uh, he, he's like, if you can help me, whatever you can do, um, I'm in. Because he realizes how important it is to be better at it as well. And you know what the funny thing about it is? Like, there's no need to be nervous. Like, nerve, like I get nervous. You put me in front of 20 people. And I have to talk about a presentation. It's like I get super nervous, right? There's no one there. It's me and you. Like when we were interviewing them on the uh, draft day, it's just me and you, man. Right. I mean, yes, there's a camera there, but it, there's no one there. You can, you know, but don't worry about it. It's just the two of us talking. So just talk. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to just be yourself. And I mean, I know some people are more quiet by nature, but I've also been around those same people when they're just loud and obnoxious. So it's in there. Just, just, be, just be normal. Just, yeah. it's okay. I and mean, like you said, I mean, you, you know, yeah, I mean, it's become a point of, of emphasis, but rightfully so because it is important. And I, I've used the analogy, and I know it, sh- it sounds stupid, but like with American Idol, right? There's a lot of people who can sing, but what do we love? What do, we, you know, when the kids were younger, we were glued into that show. I mean, they were great singers, but we loved their stories. So the more, the more that, to your point, the more that these players can get comfortable talking to guys like you and me and a Josh Klingler or whatever. Um, you know, the better it's going to be, as you said, for the league and for their brand. I mean, it just yeah. is. It's going to help them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, you could go into a karaoke bar in every town in America and find two people in there that can really sing. Sing, right? yeah. I mean, really, like legit sing. Yeah. So think about how many thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that actually is. We're only going to find out about a small few because they're willing to give us something besides that voice. Right. And for our players, there's tons of people that can play cornhole, maybe not at your level, but they're enough. But what's really going to get people excited is that little thing extra that you bring. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully they'll kind of latch on to that here going forward. Speaking of singers, I was talking to Miranda Coy at uh, the event in Myrtle Beach, and I told her, I said, we've got to get you on. I said, if nothing else, we'll just have her come on and sing. <laughs> we should she, all. She's I incredible. Wanna, she's I, amazing. I, I did not get the invite to this karaoke night. You know, I, I didn't either. I've been, I, known, I to, I've been known to drop some, you know, drop some hot stuff on the mic from, from time yeah. to time. I mean, I met my first wife singing Kiss from Prince in a karaoke <laughs> bar. Is that right? That is a fact. Oh, my God. That'd be a great story. <laughs> All right. We got Josh uh, waiting for us uh, back in the uh, in the green room, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to get those arc. Later on oh, next week, I, I'm it's really so upset. I'm, I'm upset. I, I've got a bad feeling how this is going to end. I'm pretty yeah. upset that they split it in half. Yeah, because because you'll see when you're done with episode seven. I mean, you're it's you're you're just left, and we yeah. have no idea when it's coming back. I guess yeah. I could look it up. I'm sure that's out there, but I, I have no idea when it's coming back, and I'm just like, oh, you I'm can't do that. Too. 
I'm on episode five, and I'm worried because this whole series, this whole new season started right with that flash forward, potentially. Mm-hmm. I know you can't tell me. But uh, you'd be of the, surprised of the, of the van wreck, and I'm I'm just so I'm just I got thoughts about that, and I'm I'm I don't know. I think it could. I, I, could be really I mean, it is supposed to be the last season, so they're yeah. gonna they're gonna have to tie it up somehow. But anyway, yeah. All right, all right. Welcome to the show again, old buddy of mine, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs morning show hosts at six ten Sports in Kansas City, and I know Josh just got off the air. He's a local play-by-play announcer for ESPN. He's covered the Kansas City Royals for, I think, each of the last two decades. And, brother, I know you are so busy, and thank you so much (laughs) for taking a little bit of time. It's great to see you. First off, I'm going to say I'm so busy. I have not started Ozark, so I was plugging. I was I was in the other room plugging my ears. I have started the series. (laughs) I haven't started this last this this particular season. And I was coming in yesterday. I said, "Wow, this has been almost a week, and I have no spoilers." So little did I know, I I almost got one from Bernie. (laughs) Uh, My 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 other follow up to to Bernie, he did say his his first wife was wooed by the by the singing, which leads me to believe. (laughs) Yeah, she's not. She, she she also she also left not because of my singing. Okay, I'll okay. Say that. Um, and then then American <laughs> American Idol. Uh, my biggest question has always been with American Idol: Why isn't there somebody in in most of these parents' families that tell their particular person they actually cannot sing? It'd be it'd be nice yeah. nice to, to give them a little bit of reality because there's some that are just yep. clearly not made out for it. That makes for the great episodes, obviously, to start the show. But there's not someone that stepped in and go, listen. I appreciate the fact that you you think you can sing. You carry no key. I yeah, think that right. would that'd be beneficial. That, but to that point, it goes back to what Jeff was saying. Look, how many people do you think actually they edit out that can't sing? That, but there's nothing really cool going on there, so they don't put them on. But they find they yeah. find that personality, even with the people that can't sing, just to give them that 10, yeah. 15 seconds of fame. So it's it's important. So those are all my follow-ups for you, for you, for you guys as I was waiting <laughs> in the green room. There was so there was so much I wanted to get to there, but thank you for not spoiling Ozark. You sure? You sure you don't want me yeah, to just no, get no, in? No, no, no. <laughs> hey, the thing I'll tell you, the one thing I'll tell you, because we were big Dexter fans, and uh, I don't know if you guys watch Dexter, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. after after I think there were what eight initial seasons, and really by about season six or seven, I'm like, come on, like it really started to kind of drag, and I have Ooh. not watched it at all. I've not really heard good reviews on uh dexter new blood i think is the new yeah, series that I came out um, I, I did watch that it was it was it was good it was good, was it good? you liked it yeah. okay good yeah i liked it well i will tell um, you that ozark without spoiling i'll tell you and bernie i don't know what your thoughts were but i've loved it so far i'm on i'm on episode five of this most here's recent. the thing about ozark it's, that, it's that, really good Josh. here's the thing about ozark that people that don't like it don't understand it is a slow burn uh-huh it kind of is yeah i mean i think sometimes in today's culture people want you know, instantaneous, give it to me. I want all the action. I want everything tied up in a bow. You're not going to get that with Ozark. You're going to have to plow through some banality to get to where you want to be. But it but it all makes sense once you get there, right? And my so goal that's, is, that's why I love it. My goal is the Chiefs win the AFC Championship this week. Then we have the two-week break. And then next week we'll be catching up on some of that television like Ozark. So right. next the plan is – well, I guess it could be either way. If they lose, I'll probably still be catching on Ozark. But um, we're planning on them winning, and then uh, and then you know some of the study time for whoever the NFC opponent is will also include uh, Ozark. So man, what a boring game week. last weekend you had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, 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 dreadful. No, no emotions, <laughs> no, no fear factor, nothing. That was that was one of the most incredible finishes I've I've been a part of because yeah, it was it was riding the wave of. 
oh my gosh, they're going to lose. Oh, they're going to win. Oh, they're going to lose. <laughs> oh, there's 13 seconds left. Maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. Oh, yes, they're going to. And then uh, it was just amazing experience in the stadium as well because uh, as soon as the Chiefs won the coin toss in overtime, the whole place erupted. They knew it was over. Like they <laughs> yeah. won the coin toss. And they're like, this thing is this thing is done. Uh, so the, the, it was it was finally that kind of the riding the wave of yes, no, yes, and that the, they didn't have to score the touchdown. You knew it was coming at that point in time. Uh, as soon as the coin flip was won, there the fans went crazy, and and I think they helped contribute to the to the final answer. But uh, incredible game, and um, uh, yeah, one we won't forget for quite some time. The roar of that crowd with the coin toss was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, you're right. I mean, as soon as, as soon as they, cause I actually had looked away from the TV for a second and all of a sudden I hear this roar on my TV yeah. and sure enough, we had won the, uh, we had I mean, won every, the, yeah, the defenses were done at yeah. that point. The defenses were, were gassed. They were done. Any, yeah. but I don't, you know, this clamoring that we have to adjust the NFL overtime rules, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I mean, defense is part of the game. Yes, you you can you can stop somebody on that first drive and end it. So I mean, you uh, can stop defense, them with thirteen seconds left. That I mean, that like, too, that too, or or the coaches can help you put it in position to stop them. I think that one yeah. almost falls more on the coaches. But yeah, the coin toss. So uh, one of the Chiefs defenders, linebacker Anthony Hitchens, was out for the coin toss, and uh, and literally when the coin toss, and he's 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 doing the receive the receive sense. It's like <laughs> we want to get off the, we don't want to be on the field either. The defense is done. Yeah, uh, just give the ball to the. The, the terrific quarterback and let him go to work. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. And hopefully we'll have another one of those from a chief's perspective, another one of those this weekend. I can't get away from it. Have you heard the stuff online going around the last couple of days about Travis Kelsey on that last, on the third? Oh, it's incredible. Drive? Yeah. Yeah. Going, going up to Tyree kill, telling him how to run that route yep, to yep. get an extra couple yards yep. and then telling Mahomes that, Hey, if they throw, if they run this D yeah. going right up the seam and we'll get it. It's pretty it, cool it, to see all the behind the scenes yeah. that that's all the work that goes in that you don't ever see, you know, outside of outside of Sunday. And then, yeah, when you have that that relationship as well, he and he and Patrick Mahomes at times share a brain and they have a telepathic connection. And yeah, uh, that, that wasn't the route. That was not yeah, the route yeah. in the route tree for that yeah. for that play. Yeah. And, and I, I see some here. I'm going to do it. Throw it to me. All right. OK, yeah. <laughs> just like the backyard. I mean, like no big deal. That's no what's deal. awesome about it. Yeah, it's literally yeah. taking it all the way back to its foundation. It's crazy. I love it. So, Josh, pull pull back the curtain for us just a little bit. And and what was it like for those who don't know? I mean, you're literally down on the field, aren't you? I mean, with COVID and everything. Are you, I mean, I think you're actually on the sidelines. Yes, last even year, still, aren't you? Last year we weren't. Was in the front row, which wasn't okay. a bad seat either. I mean. Uh, the NFL kindly blocked off like eight rows of seats. And I, got I feel bad for you. Row. Yeah. At, the, at the Super Bowl, I literally didn't have anybody to talk to last year at the Super Bowl because there was like no one in the row. Like I'm in my own like suite here on the front row. That wasn't bad because I'm only uh, I've topped out at 5'11". So sometimes seeing over <laughs> seeing over the, the Chiefs players is a little bit difficult. So the front row wasn't bad. But this year we are back actually physically on the sidelines. So. All right, so all right, so put us put us in your shoes and what it's like being down on the field at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, even for people who are not Kansas City Chiefs fans, I mean, the ratings were through the roof. I heard, I heard, uh, I think the ratings for one of the games, I, I think thirty-seven million people watched. I mean, yeah. one of the most watched games in something like almost thirty years. So, uh, but but what was it like being down on the field and that dynamic and and how chaotic was it? Were the guys nervous? I mean, what what is happening on the sidelines in a game? Well, and then also uh, the ones that weren't there, it was like uh, 90% of all televisions in Kansas City uh, were tuned in 
to to the to, to Chiefs and Bills there, <laughs> oh which God. begs the question: What were the other ten percent doing? We haven't. Right. I, I've asked. Right. I haven't yeah. quite figured it out. I had some some different answers. I don't know. It was Watching that, that Star Wars like special on TNT was mass awesome. singer or something that was on <laughs> opposite of Fox. I don't know, but uh, we still haven't found quite those people yet. But anyway, there's ninety percent tuned in. Um, no, the sidelines is a, is is a ridiculous spot at times because uh, you do see at times frustration. You you see like firsthand uh, adjustments being made. Um, and then a lot of times you do see a calm that, that maybe isn't in the rest of the stadium. I, I like to keep, I have, I have uh, one headphone on my ear and one headphone off my ear so I can kind of get what's going on with the crowd. Sometimes it's too loud to even do that. You have to put both headphones on and crank the volume to even to hear the guys upstairs for me. But um, there's different energies that, that, that go to stadium throughout a game. And it's, it's pretty cool to watch, but no, uh, Chiefs are always pretty calm, cool, and collected. There's been a couple of times I will say you know, last year in the Super Bowl was not one of those mm, um, right. against the uh, against the Buccaneers where they, the sideline was kind of a mess and they were they yeah. were out of sorts. But most of the time it's it's kind of a, a confidence thing. Every once in a while, you know, you see you know one guy Patrick Mahomes will come down and, and fire up the defensive line. There was a key stretcher in the game that happened the other night. Tyree Kill had the long uh, touchdown reception. He's the first one down, telling the defense, "All right, guys, go out and get a stop." Andy Reid comes over, pats a couple of defensive linemen on the head, and it kind of says the same thing: like it's on you guys now. Let's go. So you do get to see that dynamic, which is which is uh, really cool. Um, they're much calmer than fans, though. I mean, sure. <laughs> the fa- fans are normally a mess <laughs> in, the, right. in the stadium, and and we're all dealing with emotions and what have you. The players seemingly are, are much much calmer uh, than than we are. What about? I'm sorry, sorry, Jeff. I, I just yeah, have to know this since you were right there. What were the defensive players saying or the reactions to Josh Allen? I mean, well, possibly the best player on the field. I yeah. Mean, I mean, oh, yeah. at the beginning of the game, there was some, yeah, there was some, there were some tough words being said between some of the, especially the defensive linemen. Uh, there was one stage where one of the defensive backs got burned pretty good, and the coaching staff was over and clearly worked with him for about four minutes, saying, "Oh, we need to do this, this, and this." Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was some frustration early on once they kind of got in the groove and figured it out. But I think they'll all be able to step away from that game and go, "Wow, uh, no, no matter which side of the ball you're on," and saying that was. That was some high-level football both ways. And so um, talking to some former players this week, they said, yeah, it's hard in the moment, but a bunch of those guys, even on the Bills, will probably come back at some point in time and say, wow, we were a part of that. That was was incredible. Wish we would have won the game, but that was an incredible performance to be a part of. Absolutely. You know, thinking back on it, Josh, um, it kind of reminds me of back when I was in school, um, at Kansas and that Monday night game, you were, you were probably there covering it when it was uh, Montana against Elway. Oh, that's right. And it we're was the it same was... age, Jeff. How would I have been there covering it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the gray, I'm like, it's the, the gray hairs. That's what I'm yeah. doing. No, but yeah. I remember that was, I remember just, that was, it a just fan. seems like you've been on yeah. the sidelines forever in Kansas <laughs> yeah. city. So yeah, yeah no, th- thanks Jeff. Yeah. Your, your hair, your hair has, I mean, your hair is fantastic. Well, so. I I know, I just got, see how, see just how it is with people like that. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's all his hair's always wet. It always looks good. Uh, but no, it is kind of like that one. I also described it a um, little closer vintage uh, in Kansas City. Anyway, uh, they won the the wild card game against the Oakland A's. Um, uh, the first year they were in the playoffs, ended up going to Game Seven against San Francisco and 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 lost in the in the uh, the World Series. But yeah. they they had an up and down wild card game that was just about as crazy as you could have. And and the fans were saying thing it was like hadn't had a playoff victory since, you know, the, uh, the eighties and, and they were riding the emotions of, Oh, we lost. Oh, we're going to win. Oh my God. It was, it was, it was that level of like just your gut sinking and, 
And I, as a talk show host too, I'm going through the motions of we're going to talk about a loss tomorrow. What do we, this was when I had the, I was, I was putting this off a couple more weeks, right? It was yeah. the same feeling the other night. Cause I'm, I'm thinking, Oh man, we're gonna have to praise Josh Allen tomorrow on the show. Like, Oh, good grief. It's, this is going to be Josh <laughs> Allen's game. And then 13 seconds, which, which neither city is going to forget in any, it any, should be, uh, a, it should be the title of a book sometime. Yeah. I mean, literally, I thought about that. 13 seconds should be the title of it's gonna be, book. It's going to be torment for, for Buffalo and obviously, situation the city so yeah i've got a i've got a question you, you just kind of brought up baseball and i'm curious because you have intimate knowledge what's it like for a for a small market team in baseball because you don't get to be like the yankees you don't get to be like the even the braves to to a certain level with the amount of money that they can generate mm-hmm. you know even if you're doing the right thing as a front office you still might be bad like what yeah. is that like for the royals like like how do they deal with that like how are they able to kind of I mean, how did they find their way into the playoffs? Like, I mean, because you can do everything right, but sooner or later, the Yankees, the Red Sox, someone's going to come along and buy your players. Yeah, and, and that's and always think- the fear. Kansas City's right. always lived in that fear of New York coming and stealing players. Jeff, you remember that? I mean, there was always it was it was been forever. Like, we're the farm team for the Yankees was always yeah. the the mantra in this <laughs> yeah. town. They were always always freaked out about it. Um, I think it's it's like staying patient, being realistic. I think I think Kansas City's always been realistic. I think the GM Dayton Moore has been very realistic about. Like, here's what we can do here. You know, like we have to develop <laughs> players. You have to scout. Well, you have to, um, you know, bring guys up. You have to make savvy trades when you can, but you're not going to be in the market for a, for a high level free agent. It's yeah. that's the part that stinks about baseball. It's not an even playing field, but when you crack through, it's pretty great. Right. <laughs> I'll admit it's pretty great. And yeah. and that particular run, I think jumpstart jumpstarted Kansas city as a, as a fan base and as a, yeah. uh, we're not your we're not your little brother anymore, and yeah. and also in a, in a strange way fueled the Chiefs run because it put the pressure then on the Chiefs who hadn't won since Super Bowl four. Um, right. So that and Andy Reid was here when the Chief, when the Royals were winning too, and so he saw what they did and what the city gravitated to. Small markets too, you're 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 much more invested in your teams. I mean, you can look at this week's championship games and. LA is the biggest city out there and they're not going to yeah. have a bunch of home fans. That's crazy, uh, Kansas right? city, like we'll grab onto it. And the Royals uh, rekindled baseball in this city, uh, rekindled winning rekindled kind of civic pride. It was cool again to wear your Kansas city gear when you got in a plane and traveled somewhere and you'd always bump into somebody <laughs> like, Hey, I saw the Royals. So um, that was great. And then it, it really did light a fire under the chiefs who had been, had been good and had been a good franchise and been a profitable one. And everybody still went to the games, but they were pretty much mired in, in playoff failures. And that, that's so, that's that so kicked, true. That, that kicked them in the rear to get going and going, Hey, we saw what just happened. And obviously they share a, they share a parking lot. They they're the two yeah. stadiums are on the same thing. So there's a little dynamic there of like, we hear the roar, we're going to work and we're hearing the roar of that baseball crowd. We better get going. So yeah. really cool how, how they fueled kind of one another. Yeah, because the way the NFL works, if your front office is any good at all, you're going to be good no yeah. matter what city you're in. You could be so that, that's team so in the next year, maybe be in the playoffs. I mean, you can yeah. you can flip it very quick in, in, in football, and baseball is really, really tough to do. And I don't know that we'll see back-to-back World Series appearances in this town again, but everybody just wants to get back to one more because the the, yeah. the, the, the playoff run is pretty fantastic. And then we're spoiled now in football. I mean, it's it's – 
it's yeah. ridiculous now in football. Four straight years hosting the AFC Championship game, and and it's basically the the Kansas City Invitational to come here and and be here for the championship <laughs> game. I mean, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. And all, all I'll say is to other NFL markets, it's really easy. Just hire a really good head coach and find a generational quarterback. And then you yeah, got it simple. done. Like simple. it's so it, this game's really, <laughs> really so simple. That's all you need. All you need. Well, hey, Josh, I want I want to pivot because I, I know we're gonna run out of time quickly. So I want to pivot a little bit. And uh obviously with cornhole being such a new sport on the national scene, something that we talk about with these players is dealing with pressure. Because all of a sudden you just have ordinary people who have been playing a sport for fun, right? And now they're thrust to being yeah. on national TV on ESPN and CBS. And, you know, all these people watching and it's a ton of pressure. So what's been fun to do is to talk to people like you who are in the trenches with some of these, I mean, some of the top athletes in, in the world, really. And, and so if you can, I, I know you're not a psychologist, obviously, but can, can you I share one on the sideline? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's my question. I mean, <laughs> can you share any type of like, like, what do you see? Like when, when, when like in a game, especially in a game like this, how do the players stay calm? How do they deal with their nerves? How do they, how do they stay engaged with it and, and tell themselves, despite all odds, despite just 13 seconds left, how do they stay in it and, and stay positive and tell themselves I'm, we're, we're going to win this game? It's probably a difficult translation to maybe a more individual sport. Obviously, the yeah. team sport, I think, is a little bit easier to have yeah. that dynamic because you have the calm leader that is Andy Reid that, I mean, we try, but we you can't get you can't get him to move off the, the steady, the steady heartbeat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, doesn't really reflect on stuff. He just he's just pushing forward, pushing forward. And then you have to have a, a, a like a tremendous leader like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Travis Kelsey, you believe like well, we can get anything done. You you lean on experience, I think, in a lot of those situations too, that if you've been through it and you've done it before, you'll keep building, kind of building your pressure resume, I guess would be the best way I could say yeah. it, that mm -hmm. if you've been there and done that, you can go back to those moments that, hey, this is how I handled this before. This is how we got here before. This is no big deal. This isn't big. And I think also not making the stage too big is probably similar. I mean, you're playing cornhole in your buddy's driveway. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. And if you, I think if you stay in that mindset, like it's not any bigger just because the lights are on, the camera's there and Jeff's hair looks terrific. Um, it's always there. That it, that it's, <laughs> that, that it still boils down to what you, what got you there. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. What got you there was your skill um, and your talent. And it doesn't matter what, what the venue is. You've, you've been there and done that before. I think that's probably the most helpful thing I can think of is you don't make the moment too big. Yeah, so you I, see, so even at that highest level of NFL and Major League Baseball players, you kind of see that sense of calm and that sense of, hey, just like in the backyard, let's just yeah. do it like in the backyard. Yeah, I, I think the, oh, I think in the best you do see that. I think you absolutely yeah. do that. And then I think as you get going, you might love the stage of it as well. I think I think Mahomes is the perfect example of this because, um, yeah, sometimes you see him and you're like, yeah, that's that's kind of backyard football. He's obviously had a dad that played in the major leagues and yeah. was a reliever, and that's my maybe the most pressure-filled spot in the baseball. So he's he's got that that kind of upbringing as well. But also there are times where you're like, oh yeah, he probably just went and did that on a high school field somewhere, and and it's the same thing. But then also he's also elevated. He loves the stage and he loves the big moments. And then then now it's kind of fed upon itself, right? I want those moments, 
And uh, I think Travis Kelsey probably fits in that mode too. I want those big moments. Those are, those are the best. And so I think it's, yeah, it's not, not getting outside of yourself and not worrying about what's going on around you a lot of it. Right. And then, uh, yeah, when, when you're there and you've been there and you've done that, it's, you've been there and done that. Just, just yeah. keep, keep doing what you're doing. It, it's, it's harder. I think for people like the chiefs, for example, they had to kind of get over losing in the playoffs. And I think we do have a few players that get to the bright lights and their, you know, their pressure resume, unfortunately is when they get to the bright lights, the game goes away. That's hard. And, and that's hard. to. And, that can be hard to overcome. And, too, and I sure. wonder like, yeah. and, I, and, I'm, and I don't want to say any names, but I'm thinking of one player in particular that you'll watch, you know, when we have our tournaments, there's floor play, they're out, you know, where all the main, the main floor is, and they're just destroying people. And then they get to the main stage under the lights and the game disappears. All of a sudden they just, they mm. can't throw it in the ocean. And you wonder why, I mean, and, and, and you wonder like what they have to, what their thought process has to be to get past that. Like and with the chiefs, the chiefs used, you know, used to lose a lot in the playoffs. So at some point, I mean, also I think it helps when you do have a generational talent at quarterback that can just, <laughs> They can just do things other people can't do. I mean, yeah. that helps. Yeah, I think what you, the level you're talking about does require a paid professional, though, right? I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you that, that somebody sit down, like, what is going through my brain when yeah. I step on and the and the lights and lights have gotten big? Because yeah, I'm kicking yeah. everybody's tail over here, and what is it about uh, that that final moment? And I bet that's the person you're thinking of, though, when they finally break through, will be there forever. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Has yeah. it? Hasn't quite been there, done that yet. And it has to get over whatever same seemingly mental hurdle it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you nailed it too, Josh, by saying that it's also it's kind of a fine line of being excited, enjoying that moment, but also staying within yourselves because because I will throw a name out there because I love him. A, a player in the in the sport of cornhole, Jordan Powers. He's and, and Josh, you don't know who who he is, I know, but but he's a he's a really young player out of Eastern Michigan University, and he's taken his game to another level. But he's a very – I mean, he loves the stage. He loves mm -hmm. that moment. He's feisty. He's fiery. He's competitive. But he's got to get to that point because he's still just a kid. He's got to get to that point, like, you know, where he can control that, right? Because because you can love that moment and be in that moment, but then you also kind of have to bring it back down. And I think, I think that's a cool dynamic that you get to see. Again, we're talking about some of the highest athletes in the world. But, yes, they're excited and they're fired up. And it's energetic, but then all of a sudden there's just that sense of calm that seems to come over them yeah. on, on the world's biggest stage. It's amazing. Probably probably comes a little bit with age. Who you're describing yeah. a little bit is Travis Kelsey. Um, now he's like a reliable, uh, you know, walk-off victory. He's uh, calling yeah. out plays before they happen. <laughs> Earlier in his career, he was getting uh, personal fouls. He was getting uh, so, you know, dumb dumb penalties at dumb times and he was he was kind of immature he'd probably admit that yeah he, he picked up and threw a flag once in a game you know but one of those big no-nos but it was looked at as like man you were super talented but there's a few moments where you lose it and and we saw those early in his career and again luckily he's got a coach i guess his paid psychologist would be andy <laughs> reed uh, <laughs> right to a certain extent but he he evolved into now he he's it's not excitable, not that he's not personable, and not that he's not, you know, cute on the stage when it matters, but he's eliminated those other things that could have been just detractors in the past uh, from his from his repertoire. And now he's, you know, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Leader, but he had those moments of Im basically immaturity early in his career that, you know, could have been costly. He never found that level 
had mm-hmm. he been doing some of those on-field I, things, you know? I, I, I like who you brought up, Jeff, and it's funny because we do have a few players that are kind of reaching this top 10. You know, like you make it analogous to football or baseball. Look, at this particular sport, these are the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they are competing against the other best players on this planet at this sport. For the Chiefs, for example, they had to get past or, you know, get to a point where beating Tom Brady and getting past the Patriots, right? You, you have to – there's there's the boogeyman somewhere in your <laughs> sports world, right? And there are certain players, and when we talk to them behind the scenes, they just don't like playing this player X, All right. I'll call, you know? And, and they know that, oh, I can beat this person, I can beat this person. I just don't know if I can beat this person. And, like, that's so hard to overcome. But I know even in team sports – there's always that team that you have to get past. We saw the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan when it was the Detroit Pistons for, what, five or six years. They lost to the same team every mm. single year in the playoffs until they finally got through. And, I mean, I think, I think in professional team sports, it's the same as individual sports. In tennis, right, you've had the top three guys for the last 20 years, and there's really great players that know they can beat everybody, but they can't beat these three. And when it counts, right? right. Like the, exactly. Buffalo, the no. Buffalo Bills are in that spot now with the Chiefs. Right. Like. Right. <laughs> they're yes. in their head, you know what I mean? Like they're they're a they're a really good team. And they went to the AFC championship game go this year. Obviously it was a divisional round game the other day, but like they've been built to to get the Chiefs to build they have been the one true team that says we need to do this, this, and this in order to beat the Chiefs. And they didn't. Like they've got they've they're probably battling some of those same types of things that you're mentioning that yeah. I hope they don't get over the hump anytime soon, but that's a, that's a team that probably went home the other day and go, we've got to, we've got to figure out a way to get over the hump. Cause this Mahomes kid is a really a pain in our butt. Brady, we just shipped off to the other, to the other side of the bracket <laughs> and that almost worked. It didn't quite work. <laughs> Speaking of, do you think he's done? It, the comments I, he was making seem, I mean, it's ambiguous, I, but it seems... I don't, I don't think he's done, but I listened yeah. to the entire, whatever 30 minute podcast that he did with Jim Gray the other day. And, and funny, I thought he wasn't. My co-host was like, absolutely. He's talking about his family. I think, but he's also, he spent not, no, no knock on the family, but he spent like two minutes on the family, 28 minutes on football, you know, this right. 30 minute podcast. So I'm going, he's <laughs> yeah. still got a desire. He still yeah. led the NFL in passing. Right. He's I mean, healthy. Yeah. Um, and I know his wife doesn't like him getting hit. I understand that. And that might have a tremendous pull and the, uh, the kids wanting him home making pancakes. And I get that portion of it too. I just feel like, there's still time. Well, he can't avoid the hit part. Well, he can. Yeah. He's Tom Brady. He doesn't yeah. get hit a lot anyway, right? Ever. right um, yeah. so we all know that. So she should be she should be at bay. And and I, I just think he I just think he will. I think the, the pull will still be for him to play because he's his skill set hasn't declined. Although it'd be great for him if he did walk away. Not a lot of players walk away when it's when they could still be answering questions, you know, five is there. Could you have hung on for a couple more years? And most right. of them, if they look in the look in the eye, I think of Ben Roethlisberger. Like we saw the, the last of Ben yeah. Roethlisberger, and he's he's done. I mean, done. he was he's probably two years past his prime. And it's kind of somebody asked me, like, what was it like seeing Ben Roethlisberger's last game? And I said, Frankly, it was sad. Like it's not the Roethlisberger I remember. So Brady could actually could actually walk and and forever it'd be like you could have played a couple more years right he could have yeah I, I could have I was still good I led the league in passing the year I walked he'd have a good yeah. story that way too but I, I feel like the poll is going to be too great he's going to come back we'll see it's funny you say that because when you see players like when you hear family talk about we want him around we want him around you you like the guy that's still playing because he's in a good mood he's he's where he wants to be in life you don't really like the guy that's lost <laughs> that you're going to find yeah. 
you know, after he's done playing and can't figure out what he wants to do with his life, that guy's not going to be as much fun to be around. I would think right? Tom Brady has whatever he wants to do for the remainder of his life. Yeah, 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 uh, but, but also I feel like that the, what we've dubbed Tampa Tom, uh, that version, <laughs> that version seems to be living his best life. I mean, it, yeah. he's free, he talks and says whatever he wants. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got these, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to tell him no, not right. It feels like he's, <laughs> he's got everything, everything going. So why not keep going? I, and any athlete, I, I play as long as you want, man. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine having to, whatever career you're in right now. Imagine having to be told, "Nope, you got to switch it up. We're done. Um, figure out something <laughs> else to do." Unfortunately, I've had that happen. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> if we've been around this business long enough, we have had that. Yes, you're exactly yeah. right. But like, go go ahead. I'm like, if someone wants to pay you and someone wants to to keep you around, keep playing. So I I I hope he I hope he does. Plus, from a Chiefs perspective. I don't care if he's 85 years old. We need to beat him and play in a yeah, playoff right? game. <laughs> we need the we need the revenge for the Tampa Super Bowl. <laughs> Mahomes needs to be able to beat Brady in a playoff game. That he does though. I mean, think yeah. about that with asterisk that's going to be around. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He'll always have scoreboards. So yeah, I think they want Brady around for a little, at least one more one more opportunity to uh, to get him in the postseason. Well, hey, Josh, one more thing I wanted to pivot to one more topic here before we let you go is uh, and you and I t- we're texting about this is the topic of interviews mm-hmm. and player interviews. And uh, I thought I, literally when Bernie and I were talking about this and and with interviews being a kind of a I don't want to say a point of emphasis, but but with a lot of a lot of the new pros asking about it, I thought uh, you'd be perfect person to talk to because you are interviewing the top athletes out there in the country right now. So, so really, you know, the question that we get from people is how can I be better as a professional athlete doing interviews? So I I know it's a a very broad question, Sure. but like what, what, what have you noticed? What do you like about, I mean, do the chiefs and do the Royals, do they practice doing their interviews? I mean, are there media sessions? Like how do they become better interview subjects? I'm not going to name any names. (laughs) Some should. Um, no, uh, I'll I'll come at it from a couple of different perspectives. One, the NFL is a little bit jaded in that because they don't need you. <laughs> no. Like like the NFL, <laughs> the NFL is living, uh, I think, the perfect life right now. Um, COVID has shut down locker rooms. Uh, they're a very prote- football is a very protective state secrets kind of kind of business for whatever reason. But also, they're so popular right now they don't need a lot of stuff that. Cornhole does right. I mean, yeah. you're you need the media attention and you need the whatever personalities. I, I would yeah, I would compare your league a little bit to to what NASCAR did a number of years ago, where um, hey, their action is great, but they figured out for them that it was about the personalities and it was about and 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 the drivers and having have well and feuds sometimes too, but but also. They are incredible as a league of putting people out there. We have Kansas Speedway um, in in our neck of the woods, two NASCAR races a year. And those guys come to town and they're doing everything for a week in that town. And drivers are, are they'll talk, they'll come on TV, they'll come on radio. They, they love, they'll make public appearances and sign autographs. And just the interaction with the fans, I think is what made NASCAR that you could Go, you can go to a race and walk up to their to their garage, not as a media member or not just as a fan. You can do that. The accessibility mm-hmm. and the personality, I think, I think works for that. I think other leagues have adopted to a certain extent, but I think probably for your league, that's probably the best play, right? Your 
your athletes uh, would be best served by being personalities as well and yeah. having a reason for them. How do you, in. how do you pull it out? That's, that's right. the biggest and problem. That, and, how do you that, get it out of them? Because and that's hard. And then also, again, the NFL is a bad example because I don't think the NFL wants you to have a personality, frankly. It's true. If it's you true. pull it out, it's great. Um, it's very, 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 very little. Look at, look at Tampa, Tom, New England, Tom, Tampa, Tom. Yep. You you can do it if you if you let him. He wasn't going to be able to do it in New England. Chiefs to yeah. a certain extent. Um, although they keep the clamps down a little bit. We have personalities. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think the NFL's seemingly kind of a different beast. I think baseball would be better served by doing this as well. Like get your people out there, like mm-hmm. uh, get pieces of of your game known more. I think that they don't do a great job of doing that. Um, yeah, and then getting it getting out of getting something out of interviews. I think is based a lot on relationships. So I think if if your your players are engaging and allow themselves to get to know the people that cover them, you're going to get better interviews. You're going to get better exposure. You're going to get better access. Um, that's kind of dealing from the, from the player's perspective. Like if I know somebody um, and trust somebody, I'm going to give you a better story. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you a better chat. Um, and then being yourself, I think in those types of things, yeah. again, NFL's bad example. I think there are plenty of great characters and personalities in the NFL that we don't know about. I have a coworker who swears Bill Belichick is going to leave new England and be a stand-up comic that he has just been, <laughs> he has just been keeping his, his, his true, his true identity hidden behind the NFL. Um, but there are plenty of good personalities and, and, and if they're allowed to, to showcase themselves, I think it'd be better. I think for certain sports, um, they probably need to do that more it's going to stand out in in cornhole that the personality right that's a fun yep. personality that 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 wins that's engaging that's everything you you want to have happen i think it i think it benefits the athlete and, and then obviously can benefit the sport 100 percent agree it, it's it's all jeff's fault they don't believe in jeff enough to do a proper interview <laughs> i don't trust you jeff i think that wasn't where i was going but <laughs> Maybe that's right. But also, but also I think your, your sports unique too. They're not growing up being interviewed, playing that hole. Right. That's the issue. Yep. That, that's- and so that's, you're getting them at later in life, go and interview a, a, a high school basketball player and they'll, you'll see somebody's eyes get big and then they'll, they'll yeah. <laughs> just shrink. Yeah. Right. And they'll, yes, no. And even the college level, I'll get some every once in a while. Like, wow. No one tipped me off that this was going to be like, yes, no, no, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yeah. no. Can I leave now? You know, yeah. you'll, you'll get some of those, but I think there's a, there's a comfort level involved with it, with it too. And, uh, and I think the sport, I, I think the sport has to promote it as well. If they want it, the sport has to promote it as well. That, that this is something, like I said, I think NASCAR's kind of been the blueprint for that to me yep. in, in kind of pushing, yep. pushing their people out there. And, and, you know, drivers, because as much of, for going around a racetrack as you do for well sponsors and and whatever personality they have comes through i think i think yeah. they've done a fantastic job of doing that i think the uh, only couple minutes uh, left here josh but uh, I, I think one of the big things you said was experience and just these players getting out of their shell a little bit and engaging the fans engaging the reporters engaging me bernie trey whoever we have doing the broadcast and the more they talk the more they get experience with it it seems like it's going to help because, you know, if you think about it, by the time a kid like in baseball, right, by the time a kid gets to the major league level, he has been interviewed by local writers and local, you know, 
radio play-by-play guys in the minor leagues like me for 10 years right you know for, for years and years so by the time they get to it they've had some practice they've had some experience yeah. and you're right i mean that's part of it is that the i mean these these poor people are being thrust in the spotlight they're speaking to you for the first time and might be the might be the first person to ask them about it right yeah I mean, right, right they, yeah. Could be, they could be all the way to that level and have never never experienced it and then also i think for the athletes we're not out to get you like right. for the most part so true. especially especially in the roles you guys are in, right? I mean, yeah, there you're there to promote them. You're there right. to promote the sport. Um, we want to tell your stories. Yep. Don't be afraid to tell it. We we're not out to get you. We want to hear from you. We want to engage with you. Um, exactly we want to find right. most people likable. The uh, there are plenty of athletes that are likable. That their their likabilities also out distancing their skill set. Right. That's fine. Well, those yeah. are the people. Those are the people you remember uh, a right. lot of times. Rather than you know, there's plenty of grouchy athletes who are really good that uh, haven't gotten in the baseball hall of fame. Wow, <laughs> yeah. wow. I mean, just, might be a little very touchy there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but but Josh, to that to, to the point that you were just talking about too, I've had to tell coaches that before. Hey, listen, like, yeah. feel free to share some stuff with me. I'm not here to break stories. I'm not right. here to put you in a bad light. Um, you know, we're just here to tell your story and have fun. I mean, I think you that's have great, to have some cooperation point. in that regard. And sometimes some, some just don't want to do it, you know, yeah. and to, to their detriment. I've, yeah, I've covered plenty of, of, of sports that I think need, need the exposure and would welcome the exposure that weren't interested in doing it. I'm like, you need to be growing. You need to be growing your game. You need to be growing your sport, yeah. promote your athletes. Um, it'll go a long way. All right. Uh, 30 seconds left. Kansas City, Cincinnati, coming to town. Joe Burrow, what a great story. I mean, these quarterbacks, incredible, right? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you see it here coming up this weekend? Well, the Chiefs uh, blew a 14-point lead to them just a few weeks ago in the regular season. They are not happy about that. Uh, they felt like that that one got away. Um, Cincinnati's playing uh, two years ahead of schedule. Incredible. The new, I know they got nothing to lose and what have you. You're Again, we've hosted the Kansas City Invitational here, the AC Championship game. <laughs> This is uh, a revenge game for Patrick Mahomes and a shot to go to the Super Bowl. Um, hey, Cincinnati's been a nice story, but it's ending this week. All right. Sounds good. I'll take the Chiefs and the points. <laughs> I never do that. I'm terrible at that. I'm terrible at that. I, I am, too. Yeah. I think I, I literally missed every game last weekend except for the Chiefs. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, we got to run. Josh, thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. Great to catch up with you, my friend. And uh, good, good luck this weekend and and moving forward with the Chiefs. After I watch Ozark, I'll come back and we'll absolutely we break it down. again. Absolutely, All right, sounds good. <laughs> All right, bye everybody. Thanks, Thanks for guys. watching.